We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land. We respectfully acknowledge elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be. Welcome to Wine with Megan Mel. We're here to help beginners navigate the world of wine. I'm Mel and my life goal is to own a Jeroboam of Champagne. I've decided that's my new life goal. That's, I'll, I'll die happy if I can get there. I'm joined by the absolutely fabulous Meg Bratman, MW, Master of Wine. Hi, I'm a Jeroboam. I mean, that's easy fix, darling. No, they're not. They're it's not, not necessarily. Well, no, it. of Champagne. Yes, don't necessarily. Well, it's not going to be cheap. It. No, but, you know, drink it. That's more important. <laughs> Maybe on your wedding. Maybe. And I mean, I can win this one. There's one in the office here with us right now, there but um, I'm not sure how I'm going to go with that, winning that one at auction. We'll see. I'm, I'm, that's an achievable life goal. It's good to have achievable goals. It is good. Look, I just, I'm a millennial. I don't think I'll ever own a house, so I might as well own, I agree. what, three, three litres of champagne? You could build a house out of, you know, the bottles. Yeah, look, well, I don't it? I don't hate where you're going with this. Oh, I've just had another fun fact. Oh, well, yes. well okay, well, why don't you go, go we'll straight do into it. What's, what's your fun fact? I was talking the other day um, to some diploma students about bottles, shapes mm-hmm. and sizes, and apparently post-war Heineken built – changed their bottle shape to be square so that once emptied, the beer bottles could be used as bricks in houses. No. Yes. That's sick. Isn't that fantastic? Because we were discussing why bottles are the shape they are, why they have such a long huh. neck, why they're heavy. That's going to be yeah, the yeah. new for us to become sustainable because 45% of our greenhouse gas emissions are in the bottle alone. Wow. So if we can come up with a sustainable solution to that and someone said, yeah, that, isn't that cool? I would totally live in a house made out of Heineken. That's sick. Green glass. Yeah. I love a glass brick myself. Very yeah. Years, green glass bricks. Oh, cool. Well, what else have you been drinking, Meg? Well, this weekend, my husband found in our wine fridge um, some 2017 Quercibella Chianti Classico. Mm-hmm. So this is a Sangiovese from Quercibella, probably one of my favourite producers. It's about $45. I love it. Yep. Completely forgot we had it. He found it. And I said, oh, how much have we got of that? And he said, there's quite a few bottles in here. So nice. I've obviously hidden them all over the shop. But because we were without power, um, it was lovely. We needed to treat ourselves. So it was the perfect treat with, I was just saying to Jack, stoner crow cheeses, mm-hmm. and that was basically dinner on Saturday night. Yeah. And wine. Oh, look, that, that sounds all right in my books. <laughs> I've been eating all day. So. You're living okay. <laughs> it was posh camping as Pete tried to sell the lack of power to me. Yeah. It wasn't posh camping. No. <laughs> all right. So today we're going to talk about Sanchevese. I'm so excited that we're getting into some of the really fun varietals now. We've covered off all the key ones that you find in Australia, Cap, Pinot, blah, blah, blah. You can go back and listen to them. You'll definitely find out something new. But let's get into something that maybe people don't drink quite as often. But I think people don't really know much about it, but people who have tasted Sangiovese know that they like it. Yeah, so Sangiovese historically came from Tuscany in Italy. Yeah. It's a sort of a medium skin variety. So when you drink it, it's not as dark as, say, Cabernet or Shiraz. It's sort of halfway between Shiraz and Pinot almost. almost. Yeah. But the thing that sets Sangiovese apart is these what I call sabre-like tannins. They are just these very fine line, sharp tannins. And Sangiovese for me is one of the few red wines that goes well with tomato-based 
cooking. <laughs> I think tomato is really hard yeah. to match things with because it's quite acidic, it's quite strong in flavour, but there's something about sangio tannins yeah. and tomato, preferably with a bit of olive oil over the top, that just work really, really well. So originally from Tuscany, people would have heard of Chianti, yep. which is one of the regions in Tuscany that grows um, Sangiovese, but it's been exported around the world, particularly following Italian migration. So Australia's got some, Argentina's got a little bit. But yeah. it's not grown widely around the world. Well, I'll tell you what, Meg, you had me at Sabre. I know. I was <laughs> going to make a reference to your Sabre, but I thought, mm, no, I'll let that one slide. But, of course, you couldn't. <laughs> no, I couldn't. <laughs> so when we think about Sangiovese, for people that aren't as familiar with it, where would it sit on a scale of, we all know the Pinot Noirs a bit much, uh, it's a lot more of a light style red, Cabernet is a heavier red. Where would it kind of sit in the reds that we're more familiar with? Medium bodied, the lighter end of medium bodied. So okay. it's more like a drier version of Merlot, not as fruity. Okay. One of the things that you find with Sangiovese grown in Tuscany is that it tends to have quite a lot of savoury characters. So mm. there's a little bit of leather to it. But the overriding flavour for me is cherry and Sour cherries. Do you know those cherries? You can buy those dehydrated cherries in the yeah. Asian supermarkets. Yeah. There's that sour cherry character that I absolutely <laughs> love. Um, it's not a bright lolly cherry. It's yeah. much more of a savoury cherry if there's such a thing. Okay. So, yeah, it's much more light body, beautiful food wine because of the tannins. It goes well with any sort of form of protein and acidity. It has a fairly high level of acidity. It's just very... Fine line. Fine line. All right, well, let's get into it. What are we kicking off with? So I've got the Santa Margarita Chianti Classico 2017. So I got um, this from Dan Murphy's, 27-odd dollars. So when you go to buy Italian wines, it's very confusing. So you will have the name of the region, Chianti, and then you'll have the quality denomination next to that, which is, D in the case of Chianti, D-O-C-G. So it's... Nominazioni Origenic Controllata e Garantita. So Ooh. this is a little bit high. So this is controlled and guaranteed. Some are just DOC. So okay. Just so this is DOCG. Um, and then they have the classical regions where it was historically grown, and so that's what they call the Classico. So you're looking generally at older vines, um, but around the historical township. And then they'll tell you if it's reserva or not. Reserva is – so there's all these words on the label. Reserva just means it's been aged a little bit longer and okay. picked a little bit riper. Yeah. So I know the labels are very, very confronting, but basically if you look for Classico or Reserva, you know, yeah. you can get Chianti at $15. I would not be buying Chianti at $15 simply because to get it into Australia, they're probably paying a couple yeah. of euro for yeah. that to get it in at that price. Yeah. White wine, you can get away with it. But for a, I think for a good red wine, you want mm. to be spending over 25 I mean, I'm surprised how good this actually is. All right. Well. So it's got a real dustiness, um, almost a cigar box, but that cherry characteristic as well. Wow, it's more acidity than I was expecting. Yep. It's really bright. That's the thing that sets Italian grape varieties apart, mm. that they have high acidity mm. and that particular form of tannin. It's like, see what I mean? It's very fine line. It's like yeah. a, almost like a knife. In yeah, it is. It really is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's Italian grape varieties. And I think 
I've got nothing to prove this, but I think that these great varieties have been selected over time in what are relatively warm climates for their acidity. Yeah. You know, we find in Cyprus, which is really, really hot, they've got great varieties that even though it's 45 to 50 degrees Celsius can remain continue to have acidity right through the ripening process. This needs food though. Like I've taken two mouthfuls of that and I'm just crying out for something proteiny, but my mind's just thinking mushroom risotto yeah with lots of fat in it as yeah. well with the acidity pizza porchetta mm-hmm. stop i've Lucky just eaten just, and i'm already I hungry know, again we've just had lunch but we had very healthy lunches so you know yes. we're thinking about all the dribbly fat food now mm. yeah a beautiful wine it's, it's a little bit close i mean it's only 26 bucks or 27 bucks so would this benefit from decanting? Exactly. I yeah. think it probably needs to be opened up yeah. a little bit. 2017 was a really good year yeah. and they are quite reserved, the wines. Yes. So I think it definitely needs um, some opening up. You notice with a lot of um, European reds, particularly initially, they run around the 12.5%, 11, uh, 13.5% alcohol, which yeah. I personally like. You don't feel the alcohol in that wine. No, no, you don't. At all. It's no. just delicious. Cool. And cheap. Yeah. It's an absolute bargain. Okay, cool. So if people haven't had an Italian Sangiovese before, do you think this is a good start? Yes. It's very Sangiovese. It's very Chianti. Oh, my God. What is the one, Meg? I've had it before, and I feel like it's um, it looks like a genie bottle, and it's got like a net around it. Have you oh, seen that one? That's um, Fresca. Yeah, fres- yes, it's yes. Chianti Fresca. Yes. What is that one? Is that one any that good? That is cheap as <laughs> So that would have been, I'm, I'm a bit older than Mel, that would have been in the Melbourne Italian restaurants, every restaurant you went to with yeah. a candle in it. Yeah. So the candle would have yes. dipped over it with red and white check table cloths on the table. Yes, yeah. yes. That's exactly Chianti the context Chianti Fresca, that I, had it. I think it's called. Yeah. I, do they still make it? Oh, I had it maybe five years ago. Yeah, it's got like it is. It's it is like a genie bottle. It's a fat bottom bottle, and it's got um, I don't know, jute almost yeah. on the outside. It's like a yeah. It's um, is this the equivalent of like Europeans thinking that we just drink yellow tail over here? Me thinking that that is like <laughs> well, yeah. I think you know certainly when um, I was in my twenties and we would go to all the Italian restaurants on Lyon Street, most of them were unlicensed so it was BYO yes. but they would have that there and yeah. they would sell it to you they'd say to you would you like a glass of Coca-Cola and that's what they would serve you no that's yeah. hilarious and little like Vegemite glasses <laughs> um, I love it so yeah I, I didn't know they still made it it's it would be very very simple going on my memory mm. of it um, this actually is proper Chianti you know, cool. this is a proper wine. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoy that. And do you know what? That last sip that I had even just then, after having sat in the glass a bit longer, it came to life even more. So, And there's almost a smoky bacon character in there as well. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something interesting, hey? Yeah, it's, I think take that home tonight. It'll be interesting to see how it opens up over the evening because I think it, it definitely needs it decanting, not for cinnamon, mm. decanting to just give it some exercise and get some air into it. Awesome. Yummy, yummy. All right. So that's classic style uh, Chianti, uh, Sangiovese, but we have seen the grape, Sangiovese, really start to do some interesting things in Australia. Um, So what are we going to move to there? I was going to move to the Rob Dolan wines, but that's a great segue into Mm -hmm. talking about Sangiovese in Australia because I have the Coriol 
Sangiovese. And Coriol were the first people to grow Sangiovese on a commercial level. They brought it in in 1985. Mm. So they've been growing it there in McLaren Vale. Yep. Um, they've been growing it for years and years and years and years and years. And McLaren Vale, in case anyone doesn't know, that's out near Brossa in South Australia, right? It's down towards the coast. So if you're in Adelaide, you head down towards the coast, yep. um, towards Glenelg, yep. famous Glenelg. Keep going down towards the nudist beach at Maslins <laughs> and you basically hit McLaren Vale. Okay. So I got this. This, again, I think they're all the same. We've got the Rob Dolan one, which is 28. 28. So they're all around the same price. Yeah. This is a 2020. Um, Colour looks about right. So it's sort of I can see through plum-ish red colour. Yeah. Oh, it's much fruitier. So much fruit. It's almost like a confected cherry on the nose. Yeah. But if, is it dried herb or is that my imagination to getting the best of me? Uh, I almost feel like drinking chocolate or something. Like There's something weird in yeah. there. Yeah. It is. You're right. It smells like hot milk with chocolate in it. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> that is weird. Is, is that just the grapes being overripe or something or – how does something like that develop? I really do. I mean, chocolate could be from, from oak and maybe the milkiness is lactic acid, which you can't really smell lactic acid. I don't know. Yeah. It really does smell like when you heat up the your, your Milo, yeah. <laughs> your hot chocolate in the microwave. So um, in Australia, right, to call something a single varietal, it has to have, is it 75 or 85? 85%. 85%. So for all we know, 15% might be something else. With the uh, Italian one, is that 100% definitely all Sangiovese? No. no. Chianti's not 100% um, Sangiovese. So in the past they were able to blend, I think there was five or six different grape varieties, one of which was white, Trebbiano. Oh, yeah. And in the early 2000s they decided that um, the quality of Chianti was being diluted Mm. by sort of rogue players. Mm -hmm. So they banned the use of white grape varieties. Caniolo I think is another one that you can use. And there's a whole whole heap of different clones of Sangiovese. I think they said there were over 200 that they tested. And they've now selected the top 20 Um, and – Sangiovese Grosso is probably the most common. Grosso means it's big berry, it's long bunches. So there are a range of different Sangiovese um, clones out there. But they also initially have planted Merlot and Cabernet yeah. and Shiraz in these traditional regions. So it will be blended with something else, but it's predominantly – Okay. You can feel it's it's predominantly Sangiovese. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess that's why I was just wondering if that could be the reason for – discrepancy between those yeah two. maybe i'm just thinking of this choreo maybe it's alcohol because it feels like it's got a lot of it does alcohol on the nose yeah and i just had a look at it, it says it's 14.1 percent yeah. you can taste so it chances are it could actually be higher than that yeah because we have a, a bit of wriggle room on our labeling laws mm-hmm. um and the fact that they've said 14.1 percent to me suggests that it probably is a little bit higher and it you look at the glass and I like to say that legs don't mean anything, but this actually has quite a lot of legs on it. Yeah, for sure. Sangiovese-esque tannins. Mm. Not that fine line that we had and not as long-lived and right down your palate as we got with the Chianti. Um, Much more bright red fruits, 
fruit-driven style, so that savoury character. Yeah, I feel like for maybe more novices in Australia who are used to drinking like a big fruity Shiraz and stuff would probably enjoy this style better. Yeah, the alcohol bothers me a little bit, but then it needs food as well, so yeah. you probably wouldn't notice the alcohol as much with food. Um, it's a, it's you know, it's definitely Sangiovese. Yeah, I feel that the finish is a little bit short. I mean, you know, it is a relatively cheap wine, so yeah, good, good example. I don't really notice a lot of oak in there, so I, I was expecting no. to see some some sort of oaky characteristics. Sangiovese doesn't do well with really overt new oak. It's more of a background um, oak, and I don't really see any of that there. But mm. there is a. I don't know whether it's dried oregano or there's something mm. herby in there that I like. There's pepper and I know it oh. because when I smell pepper in wine, I sneeze. <laughs> well, as you know, I can't smell pepper. There can be a thousand milligrams of it. Oh, sorry. When I was doing, um, what's it, three I sneezed in the exam and everyone in from all the tastings beforehand, they knew that if I smelled pepper, I sneezed. And so everyone knew what the wine was because oh I sneezed. And yeah. was it? Yeah. Shiraz on the shoe? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's fabulous. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I had a friend in the MW who used to say that – I'm not sure which way I get it around um, – Cabernet or Shiraz, one bubbled more when you poured it into the glass. Mm. So he'd always look for this this bubbling um, in the glass. But since I can't remember now, I don't think I remember back then either. Yeah. Oh, it's funny, our little tricks. Like, yeah, that's not too... It's not too hard. Not, I mean, I'd happily, I'd happily drink that with a pizza. Absolutely. And like yeah. you said, that would be good for people that, you know, as an introduction to Sanjo because... Gateway Sanjo. That's right. As you, if you move straight to that Chianti... The it's the tannins in Sangiovese and Nebbiolo are quite confronting. Yes, they're definitely there, and they're really, really drying. Yes, so I think that that would be a nice because there's more fruit weight. Yeah. In there. Okay, I'm very keen to see how the Rob Dolan I'm a bit compares. Nervous, actually. The other thing that I guess for me, I think of Italy. I think of like really warm climate i think of mclaren vale which is like so much warmer than us we're in the yarra valley so i'm interested to see how this is going to go growing somewhere like this tuscany famously is hilly okay um so if any of you have been to san gimignano or siena um or even just around chianti you realize that there are a lot of hills mm. so that gives you some cooling effects on the because you planted at slightly higher altitude on the the hills but it is you're right it is a warm region yeah but the Yarra Valley I think this is a 2019 brilliant year really warm early on and sort of cooled down we had a mild long autumn um so we had this heat wave in early February which would have brought on the flavors I think with Mm. this I haven't had this for a while so oh colors right (laughs) God, we make good wine. It's oh, good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Licorice mm. and perf- red licorice mm. and licorice and perfumed and cherry and almost cherry blossom. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Definitely those um, Sangio tannins and they're more like the Chianti Classico than the Coriol and they are straight down your palate. Yeah. Coriol was a little bit fatter and rounder, but 
fruit a lot fruitier. This will age, yes. I think, really, really oh, yeah. well because there's there's an earthy licorice character in there. Yeah, that I think will go into that sort of savoury character. I'm just trying to think what I would eat with that. It'd be something. I mean, fennel might work because it's a licorice and aniseed. Yeah, fennel's a hard one to match anything with. Would you be more likely to be able to have this one without food? I feel like this mm. is a bit more friendly without and even, needing food. Um, the Quercibella we had on Saturday night, we started that without yeah. food, which is unusual for me. I really don't drink red wine yes. as, on a glass, by glass basis, but I was just over the posh camping. Um, and I'd eaten all day and I wasn't planning on eating, but then we brought out some cheese mm. and you know how that ends. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that definitely you could start out on that without requiring food, but you'd need some by the end of it. Yeah, it's okay. It's pretty delicious. It's um, it's it's just interesting that it, it feels more cool climate. Yes, but the tannins feel more classic. If that makes sense. Yes, I don't know. Yeah, you know the 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 Coriol speaks to the generosity of the heat and warmth of the of yeah. the Clarenvale, and the Chianti kind of sits between. The two, yeah, almost. I, I'm surprised by how well structured the tannins are, even though I've had this, but I haven't had it for ages. No, and I think with the Chianti, it, um, I found like the structural components were really upfront. Like I was getting a lot of like acid, and the tannin was so apparent, and the fruit was maybe a bit behind that. Mm, whereas definitely. it was the opposite in the Rob Dolan. Yes. Yeah. And I would say that with Italian reds in general, that's uh, for Nebbiolo and Sangiovese, if you compare them to Australian equivalents. Yeah. That's exactly right. That yeah. Australian okay. equivalents, fruit forward, yep. structure last. Mm. And definitely Nebbiolo, structure, and with Sangiovese, structure first, fruit last. You need to think about it a little bit. It's more yeah. slow in giving you its, its fruit. Cool. Yeah. Oh, well, that's really cool. I really enjoyed that. That was good. Yeah. Well, there you go. I think a lot of people also find a great variety and just, like, think they all taste pretty similar. But doing an exercise like that, it really helps make you see the difference between region as well. Absolutely. And also just winemaking philosophy and that that we don't have to be purists, Mm. you know, in in our thinking, that we just don't have to stick to Shiraz because it's Australia's great variety or Cabernet because it's traditional or Pinot because it's Yarra Valley. It's good to see all regions striking out and, as Rob would say, giving it a red-hot go. (laughs) Um, And what I – I don't like to compare regions and say, oh, no, it's not as good as Chianti. But if you are making Sangiovese – or anything from a famous region with an indigenous grape variety, it has to structurally look the same, very similar for me. It has to mm-hmm. have – if one thing that stands out for Sangiovese is tannin, yeah. I want to see that tannin. If it doesn't okay. have that tannin, I'm thinking, is it Sangiovese? And okay. same with Nebbiolo. Same with, with those Vermentinos that we did yeah. the other week. And so to recap, if people are going to go out and buy a Sangiovese this weekend, if they want something from Italy, they should probably go Chianti DOCG. Yes. yes. And what, at over 25 bucks is probably going to guarantee them something kind of nice? Yes. Think There's about decanting it. Pardon? And think about decanting it. Decanting. Yeah, I taste it first yeah. and then just see whether or not you think it needs some air because um, a lot of these wines are under cork. Yeah. They've been shipped from overseas, you know. Yeah. They need some time to settle down. But 
if you can, go 17 because based on the Quichabella that I had mm. on Saturday night and that, mm-hmm. I mean, for 26 bucks, that's yep. drinking really well and that's that's because of the vintage. And what about uh, if they're going to buy something from Australia? Can they afford to go a little bit less in price? I think it comes in at about the same. About really? Same. I mean, I looked in at, at on the shelf in Dan's and they were all – over twenty, okay. So I think because it's not grown as much. Yeah. Um, so Heathcote, McLaren Valley, w- warm regions. Try Yarra Valley. This certainly produces. What in about the King Valley? King Valley, yeah, definitely. It will be a yeah. different style of wine. I'm okay. not sure if I've had a King Valley Sangiovese. Yeah, I just know there's a lot of Italian type stuff up yeah. there, so I just kind of I mean, assumed. It's very cool up there. So yeah, yeah. Give it just. Yeah, spread your wings. Spread your wings. Give it a go. Yeah, give, give it a, it a shot. Go. Invite some friends over. Tell everyone to bring Sangiovese and have a little Sangiovese party. And test yourself. Yeah. You may not like it. Yes. You know? But someone will. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about it too much. Someone, <laughs> will, someone will like it. Oh, that's awesome. All right. So to cap us off uh, this afternoon, uh, we have a question from Holly. She said that she'd love recommendations for, she's called herself the underdeveloped palate. She says she loves Moscato, always like Moscato, but she's only recently started drinking Pinot Gris and Pinot Noir. So where should she go next? Well done from moving from Moscato to Pinot Gris. I think that's fabulous. Um, And Pinot Noir is a good entry-level red wine. Mm -hmm. Probably for reds, I would say Shiraz. It's the next – it's like a Labrador wine. You know, it's quite (laughs) friendly and and round and soft and fluffy. Um, Don't – I would spend between $25 and $35. Don't spend more than that because you may have too much oak influence and alcohol and concentration. So if you're just easing yourself into it, try Shiraz from warmish climates. Um, And then on the white front, I mean, I would always say Riesling because you've gone from Moscato, super fruity and sweet, to Pinot Gris slash Grigio, fruity and not sweet. Riesling has all of that in spades, but the acid might be a bit much for mm. you. Um, so you can actually buy some that have a little bit of residual sugar in them, certainly kiwi ones. So if you want to tr- start on oh, the yeah. kiwi Rieslings from Otago, it drives me insane. Good, they should yeah. be dry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Central Targan or Martinborough Riesling. But yeah, give Riesling. I always recommend Riesling. Yeah, we love Riesling. We love Riesling. <gasps> All right. Well, I hope that's helped you out, Holly. And uh, if anyone has any more questions about Sangiovese or anything for that matter, make sure you get in touch. We are on Instagram at Wine with Meg and Mel. Uh, we'll be back with you next week talking about. Wine shows. Wine shows. That's it. Wine awards. Controversial. I know. I know. Actually, you'll want to hear this one. I reckon we can get some dirt out of Meg, which I've decided is my new favourite thing in this podcast. So I'll like, put on my journalist hat. Come on, Meg. I Give us the gossip. I'm ostracising myself from the wine community as we speak, but I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next week. But until then, enjoy your next glass of wine. Drink well. <laughs> <laughs>